What is going on, soccer fans? And welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Northern California, the Sac Town FC podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out today at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game. My name is Luis, and today I'm joined as usual by my co-host, John, and our soccer polls writer and Orange County midfielder, Seth Kasipli. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing all right. I, I was one for one yesterday. The Republic lost. Seth got a win for us, so it's okay. Um, I'm just excited for Wednesday. We get to have Seth here, so I get to heckle him a little bit from the stands and uh, potentially have some fun and, and give him a bad time. But everything is good, man. 38 feels like 37. You still wake up with a hangover if you drink too much. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get any easier, does it? No, really doesn't, especially when your kids wake up at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. But Seth, what's going on with you, man? How are you feeling? You you must be on top of the moon right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm in I'm in high spirits. A couple of good points against uh, against a record setting team last year, and a good opportunity to get up into into Sacramento on Wednesday for another test. Um, just gotta keep the ball rolling right now. Stay positive. It's uh, it's good. Nice. Well, we're really proud of you. It's uh, it's looking to come together for you guys, and and at the wrong time, I have to add, with you guys coming here. <laughs> to Sacramento on Wednesday. But again, we look forward to it and hope you do as well. Yeah, no, definitely do. I know a lot of the guys on SAC and, um, and I know that I know that they're looking to bounce back. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah. And may the, the best team win. And hopefully we see a different team than uh, we saw last night too. So hopefully, <laughs> um, well, before we get started, I wanted to remind you all that this podcast is powered by Reboot. Reboot is a nonprofit organization whose sole purpose is to help more kids play soccer while creating opportunities to practice generosity, empathy, and leadership. Check them out today at Reboot.Soccer, where you can find out more ways to be a part of the program and help reboot your community today. You can find them at You Can Reboot on Twitter and Instagram and online at Reboot.Soccer. So, um, John, why don't you uh, tell everyone what we'll be talking about today? Well, today we're, we're going to look back at the uh, result against Los Dos. But before we do that, um, I thought it would be awesome to have Seth on to talk about, you know, what's going on with Orange County coming into Wednesday's matchup and kind of get a feeling from him on what he expects to see from Sacramento on Wednesday. We know he's not going to give too many secrets in case somebody's listening, but we'll get enough insight to find out what's going on. So uh, without any further ado, uh, Seth, how's I mean, you guys are now undefeated. You're unbeaten in your in your matches. You've taken four points out of two games from Phoenix. What's what's the buzz like down there in Orange County, and how are you guys feeling right now? the The buzz is very positive. The buzz is um, we're really happy to get the job done. We felt a little hard done after the after the first result against Phoenix. Maybe a little bit of the rust kind of coming off of the wheels, and then uh, and they came back, and we had another bite at the apple, and we were able to get the job done. Um, so it's good. It's good. I think it's going to be a short season, so it's tough to get back into a rhythm. Um, just kind of knowing that you're not going to have a bunch of time to try and try and make sure that you're healthy and, and strong to keep going. Just kind of, it's more of a sprint compared to, compared to a marathon of what a regular season is. So, so we're all really excited for Wednesday. Just, uh, keep the games coming. Yeah. Do you guys feel like you have a, have a bit of a momentum going? I mean, you, you've essentially held record setting club, uh, Phoenix to one goal over two matches given, you know, they, they were slided with that red card, uh, at halftime. Santi had a chance, uh, that was cleared on the, uh, the end line. And it just was a weird event sequence that had, or sequence of events that had occurred. You know, what, what was that like for you guys? You know, once they went down a man, uh, a little, a little calming, I, I think kind of just, especially it happened right before halftime. So we didn't really have a lot of time to, to think about it and make adjustments ourselves. So we went into, we went into the locker room and we're able to regroup and make sure we stay disciplined to keep the ball, make them run, make it as tough as possible, try and go up more goals, um, make it more difficult. And, um, and you know, so once, so once they got that red card, it was kind of, kind of like a, an extra motivation game on. Let's try and try and really put it away. So you add, you guys have added 13 players since uh, last season, you included. How have the 13 that have been uh, added to this roster, how are you guys uh, molding together? And is there a certain chemistry with the midfielders that you've, uh, you, you see already? 
Yeah, I would say so. I think, you know, the, the core that they kept are very, very talented players. Harry Forrester, Aiden Quinn, uh, Danny Chrysostomo. These guys have a, had a really, really good picture of what uh, Braden wanted from us. Um, and so on the way in, trying to learn a new system and learn new, learn new players, develop relationships, they were all really welcoming. So, so the group, uh, like I said, is just very positive. I think we've got, we're very optimistic. We've set lofty goals and um, then, you know, the more success that we have, the more likely, you know, we're just going to keep on rolling. Um, Chandler Hoffman, how, how is, uh, I know you guys brought him on loan from uh, Birmingham, you know, the third all time leading scorer. How's he fit into kind of the game plan lately? And how are you developing the chemistry with him being in front of you? Uh, I mean, so Chandler's a really good guy since he's come in. Uh, we've had a couple of conversations and obviously with COVID can't really do much. Um, but I've enjoyed training with him. Uh, seems like a really good professional comes on and gives us another, another dimension to, to kind of, uh, how would you say like a, like an, like, you know, a different equation compared to, you know, some of our Kevin Coleman, Darwin Jones, Ugo Coley, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of pace, a lot of strength. He kind of brings a little bit of wiliness, some, a poacher in the box, uh, got a lot of goals on his CV. So, so he brings that little bit of intimidation. Um, so I've, I've really enjoyed it. We kind of, we had a little bit, had a couple of moments in the last game where we could have connected and still need to, still need to figure out what each other like, but, um, but I'm happy that he's here. I'm happy that he, I think he brings another, another dimension to our group. Like I said, that will keep teams on their toes. So, um, so I think it's good. Uh, I know Orange County added a experienced player who I know really familiar. With, I'm really familiar with uh, from Liga Mekis, uh from the U.S. national team, uh, Michael Orozco. How, how has he been like? Has he tried to take on that role of like the leader of the team, being that he's uh, one of the more veteran players there? Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's a really big leader. Um, uh, uh, He's, he's definitely more of a leader with a big, uh, big action, speak louder than words kind of guy. Definitely is, it will not hold back when he, when he feels you're doing something wrong or he needs to correct something, but uh, he leads by example. Um, every day he comes in, he does his job. He makes sure that he's fit and ready. And, uh, and he, uh, he plays every, he plays just training just as hard as he does in the game. So um, he's a really, really big example. So it seems as though you guys have been very possession oriented um, with your formation and, and how you guys are moving the ball. It's gotten wide to you quite a lot. And even on the other, the other side, what formation are you guys using? Are you switching between formations and how does that benefit your guys' style to get up and, and pressure in the attack? Um, we just said we have a, I guess we have a very talented midfield um, guys that are comfortable coming to get the ball guys that are comfortable with their roles and understand uh, are we, do I need to go and press the ball? Do I need to make sure that I'm winning seconds Do it, you know, at what point in time staying, staying mentally prepared to, to do their job. So, so Braden gives us a lot of confidence to say, go and get the ball, go and play, go and combine, you know, build possession, build play. You can play and we don't always have to be so direct. So given that, um, it lets us be really fluid and it lets us be able to read the game and, and take what's given to us. If, if a team is going to try and step high and press us, we can go direct and we can move up as a group. If a team is going to sit off of us, we can play in half spaces and, and really enjoy the game. So um, they're really, it's, a, it's very dynamic and uh, it's a lot of fun. And what's the formation that uh, they have you going with? I don't know uh, if I can share constantly, this. Hey, constantly changing. Maybe Fair after enough. Wednesday. I'll go back. Maybe after Wednesday, let them figure it out. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I would, I would be the same way, you know, hold, hold your cards up against it. Right. But it's homecoming for you. It's, it's like a homecoming for you. Right. So this is like one of those special marked on the calendar, ready to go. Um, how excited are you to, to, you know, obviously you're not playing in front of family and friends, but there'll be, you know, around if you guys stay a little later or you get here early to, to say hi to, and you know, what does this mean for you? Yeah, it's definitely a little different. Um, don't get to don't get to play like you said in front of friends and family and so part of it's taken away but the the area still means a lot to me and and knowing that knowing that people will be watching and um and just being comfortable with the space spent a lot of time in midtown in the um over the off season so um so it, it means a lot it's yeah it's a special game it's been marked uh i'm happy to go up and do it you know i i want to come up and take three points i think you know i take it a little personally i think it's something that it's something that i enjoy so, uh, so yeah, the game is, the game is special and, um, 
and it's always it's always nice to come up and play against these guys. Uh, actually, I'd say you are actually going to be playing in front of a friend, right? Because you'll have a uh, John right there in a front row seat. That's true. Well, I'm heckling him. I'm heckling him. <laughs> yeah. He's not I don't think don't think it. he'll be, don't think he'll be cheering when I touch the ball though. No, I, I I'm the quiet one. I don't I don't oh, speak no. much. Now that's the guys next to me who the nine one six Republic Scott might have some some uh, words, but we'll see. It'll be fun. I want to hear it. I want to hear it all. A little banter, maybe a post game interview with you, and and you know, get get your take on it. Hopefully after after taking an L, but you know. Well, we'll see. Seth, Seth might not want to join if, if they take an L, right? Depends. We'll on see. L's oh taken. no, no, no! Got to be a good loser. <laughs> no. Can't be a good winner if you're not a good loser. So you know, we use uh, five thirty eight as kind of the percentages. They they give a lot of percentages for the for the teams going forward, and it's updated regularly. I want your take on this. They have you guys uh, as twenty two percent chance of winning Group B and a sixty two percent chance of making the playoffs. Based off of hearing that and how you guys have performed as of late, are they are they underselling you and your guys' ability to take that group? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say underselling. Um, like I said, I per- I personally feel like our group is really positive. Uh, we have a really good mentality. Guys want to get better. Guys want to guys want to progress through. You know, the USL is not the top league in the in in America, and so guys, especially younger guys want to be able to play in the higher leagues. And if you want to play in the higher leagues, you have to be successful, like not only individually, but as a group. So, so for us, you know, especially with our recent success against Phoenix, that's really good. You know, it's happened, it's done, move on. We have another good team on Wednesday. So, um, so for us, those numbers, they sound good. You know, I'd, I'd like, I like a 62% chance of making the playoffs and I'd be happy to see that number go up for, you know, so that we continue to be successful. But, um, but for us, it's it we have long-term goals but we're focused short-term on on the next game making sure we're prepared making sure we're fit um because it's going to be a sprint and your guys' all-time record against sacramento eight five and three 28 goals uh for 18 against um you know sacramento 28 goals for 18 uh against them what are your guys is what is your thought what is the team looking at i know again you probably won't focus on sacramento for at least a day or two more but when you hear those numbers and you, you, you see or you hear kind of the idea of the all-time record, what does that do? Like, is that kind of, is that bulletin board material for you guys? And do you guys really play off of the numbers or is it just in those game by game? We're, we're, we're going to do what we got to do. Yeah. I mean, it can be used, you know, as maybe an extra motivation. If maybe, maybe somebody doesn't feel that, that guy's kind of recognize maybe how difficult the game would be uh, for me personally. I'm, I know a lot of these guys and, um, and I've seen them play plenty of times and I know how, how hard they can play just out of the gates when they push into a corner, you know, it doesn't matter. You're really going to get, you're really going to get the, the fangs. So, um, so I don't, for, I, I don't need that motivation, but the numbers can be used in that way. Uh, I'm expecting a dog fight. I'm expecting a, you know, 96, 98 minute um, grind. And, uh, We'll see who comes out on top. So I wanted to ask you. I, I recently found out that uh, ESPN two uh, is or ran actually a uh, documentary on you guys. Uh, I believe the name of it was uh, Pat to Glory. Uh, have mm-hmm. you been able to watch this? And and what what are your thoughts if you have watched them? Yeah, yeah, I've watched the first episode. Um, I think it's cool. I actually think it's been really well produced. I've been I was impressed. Uh, I didn't really have high expectations because I've been a little bit in the backgrounds and seen them filming and stuff but I wasn't sure how it was going to come out and it came out really, really well. I think, um, I think there's a really good opportunity with the relationship between Orange County soccer club and Rangers. That's something that, that uh, they were very happy to get done. I think that's a really big step forward in terms of the USL expanding and kind of getting a little bit more of a resume. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to see the rest of the episodes. I've only seen the first. If you were to pick, uh, let's say uh, three players that maybe Sacramento should keep out an eye out for. Who would you who would you pick as as the players? You can mm. include yourself too if you want. <laughs> yeah, Seth Kasipley, uh Shauna Coley, and and Kevin Coleman. He's hot. He's hot. Watch this guy, man. He's good. What separates Coleman right now? What's what, is it just his pace? Is it the possession? Back to yeah, the goal. He's yeah, he's really sharp. Um, the minutes he's gotten, he's really trying to build game fitness and he's working hard. And, um, and, you know, 1v1, he's dangerous. On back post, he's dangerous. He's been working hard defensively, getting into tackles. 
uh, I think he's. I think this is going to be a good year for him. Do you feel like there's a big difference? Uh, you guys playing with people and without people, or how has that been like for you in, in these first couple games? Yeah, a little bit uh, from the from a, like a personal standpoint. Yes, because it changes your routine just because life has changed, right? Um, but then also also no, um, just because. I mean, it's actually, no, it's, yeah, I no, that's that's not correct. It has changed. It's totally different. It is totally different. The games feel a little bit like scrimmages. You know, you can hear everything on the field. Everything is a lot more of just us against them. It's not really much. You don't you don't get the extra stuff from the crowd. Like you know, we were playing at SAC and OC versus SAC on a on a Wednesday night in July would probably be a pretty a decent ticket. You know, so that'd be exciting to play to play in front of everybody. And then not to have that is is sad, but um, you know. But then once you know, twenty thirty minutes to game time, your adrenaline starts going, and you just forget about all about it. Do, do you think so, to a certain point, like one team has more advantage, like the away team might have a better advantage because of that? Like they don't have the the crowd support for the home team, and you guys are able to focus more on your game rather than be distracted by uh, the opposition. Yeah, I'd say I guess that the, technically the advantage is a loss of advantage. Like I think mm-hmm. especially if, if we're using Sacramento as an, as an example, the crowd can really, really play a big part. I mean, the Sox fans are Sox fans can be very intimidating. It's it's a wonderful place to play, especially as an away team. It's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. um, but tough, you know, um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that travel is not the most comfortable thing. Hotels are not the most comfortable thing. You'd rather be at home. You'd rather have all your own stuff. So there's still a home field advantage, uh, but uh, I wouldn't st- I wouldn't call it even by any by any means. So do you guys find? Is, I'm assuming everything's been bus travel and staying. Are you guys coming up the the day of games? Or, or are you guys coming up the night before? No, no. I believe the schedule will be the day before, um, but we haven't gotten that schedule yet, so I cannot be certain on that. But yeah. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't remember exactly the protocols for the USL. There's certain mileages that, that mean that you have to bus to this place. And then if it's beyond that mileage, then you have the, you can fly. Um, but I think that Sacramento is, it's easy enough to get to. I would think that we would bus. That's not too bad. Straight up to five. What do you know? Oh yeah. We've all done it. Not too, yeah. Especially nowadays. It. I'm sure there's no, no traffic. It's not as bad as a, uh, as if we weren't in a pandemic too, where you guys would probably have more, more traffic midweek. Totally. Um, as far as testing goes, how, how often are you guys uh, getting tests now that, you know, you guys are back in, in gameplay? Tests just about twice every seven or eight days. Um, so uh, that's been a struggle. That's been something that the, that the league and the teams have consistently been speaking to each other about to try and find the, you know, I'd say perfect, but it's not going to be perfect, but a really good protocol to make sure that results are in, in a timely manner to make sure that games, when games are played against other team bubbles, you don't have any possibility of, of positives, you know, touching a different bubble, making sure guys are quarantined. Um, so, so far it's been okay. So far here, here in Orange County, we've been pretty good. Um, but I know that some other places in the USL are struggling um, and it's tough. It's very tough. The pandemic is testing and mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, you can't, sometimes it's just unlucky and you can't help the, the exposure and just got to hope and stay safe. Yeah. Yesterday I was watching a little bit of the Louisville sporting KC two, And to me, it's unbelievable that there's already people there in the stands, especially during yeah. this time. I feel like, Wild. It shouldn't be that way. Wild. But the world is opening up. I mean, there's a game in Denmark today that had like probably six, 8,000 fans. The, the stadium looked packed. It's just they're able what's, to handle it. Personally, what's been the mental impact that this has had on you trying to get, you know, obviously game shape, right? You were subbed off against Phoenix in that 1 1 draw. Um, you know, your legs are now coming back. Everything's starting to, to get into form. But mentally, this has to play some, you know, have some impact on you personally, either on the pitch or off that, you know, you're just, it's, it's bugging you. What, what, what's going through your head when, with testing and everything else? Yeah, it's definitely stressful. I would, I would call it stressful because 
even though I social distance and I stay in my house and I only see, I only see the covered people in my team bubble. Uh, I get my test result back and I still have to open it up and hope for a negative. You just do not know. So that part of it is, and it's very short and getting a little more used to it now that I've had four or five tests. Um, but otherwise it's kind of just soccer, which is, to be honest, is a little strange. I feel like now, I feel like nowadays with the political climate and the pandemic and stuff, sometimes maybe playing a sport doesn't, doesn't really seem like the most fulfilling thing. Like I could probably be doing something a little more useful with my time, but, um, but other than that, you know, it's, it's pretty good. I'm able to be able to work out. I'm able to eat healthy, stay fit, perform. So doing my job. Now within the yeah. contract that you guys have, I know the NWSL has it written as a stipulation that they have access to uh, psychologists or sports uh, psychologists. Is that something that you guys have that you can, uh, within your club, within the culture, uh, if they're, you know, you're having, you know, these, these ideas and, and, you just need that extra pick me up that you can go speak to somebody. Yeah. Here at, at orange County, we do, we have a sports psychologist that we've had multiple meetings with. We had uh, one over the, over the, the state home quarantine. Um, so that is a, that is a resource that is available to us. I do not know whether or not that is a league wide mandate at all. Um, I would assume that some have taken advantage, have, have taken advantage of that in a team uh, environment, but, but yeah, here at orange County, we do. Yeah, because Julie Ertz came out today after the final and said if it wasn't that we had this opportunity on site in the bubble, it would have been a very difficult transition for those for those women who were playing in that tournament, just based off of being away from family, being isolated. And I and and I only hope that this is something that comes out in light and there's more teams that take advantage of that and players that take advantage of that opportunity. No, definitely, definitely. Talk, I mean, just talking about mental health and giving people an opportunity to to feel comfortable and and share and heal is is a step forward. I think. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's it's good that soccer's back. You guys are able to, you know, go back to to that uh, rhythm of being able to to play. You know, regardless of uh, everything going on. So I think that's the biggest positive here, right? Is that you guys can do what you love and and still, you know, be able to to get the fans uh, a game and, and let them uh, watch, watch their favorite team. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Well, man, we know you've got a lot of things going on. You're probably chomping at the bits to get some dinner and, and hang out, but uh, we appreciate you taking the time to, to sit and talk with us. And we look forward to uh, seeing you Wednesday at uh, PMP, man. No. Yeah. So am I, I'm excited. Thanks for having me on guys. You know, you know, I always love to do it. Uh, thanks for working with me. I really like working with you guys and it's, it's been a lot of fun and I'll see, I will see you on Wednesday. It will, you, be... You'll see me and hear me. I guarantee it. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. All right, Seth, we'll have a good rest of the evening, See yeah. you guys. I'll put the zoom on for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you to Seth Kasipli for joining us uh, via the Makuni Dreamline. You can check out Makuni uh, anytime online at makunisushi.com or check out their app available in the App Store and Google Play for takeout. Uh, great opportunity to get some food while we're back in this quarantine. Don't know if they have tables set up outside like everybody else in the uh, restaurant world, but if you want good food, Makuni is the group to go to. So get all your sushi um, needs from them and let them know that we sent you. Uh, you know, Taro and Jeannie, always a part of our family and our community as well. So check them out, makunisushi.com. Well, this past weekend, man, we uh, this this yesterday when, or whenever you listen to this Saturday, the twenty fifth, um, <laughs> we we played a. I don't even know what the game was. I, I, we played one solid half, and then the second half that that went a little south, and left a sour taste in everybody's mouth. Luisa, uh, what were your thoughts, man? Uh, really disappointed. Uh, <laughs> I had to tweet it out right right after the game too because. I feel like the team had much more potential to do more in this game. And we talked about it previously too. Uh, Los Dos had a couple of their starting players that were playing with the LA Galaxy. Uh, and so it felt like this was a good opportunity for us to get another win too, because we were playing against a team that was not as strong as they could be too. So I, I think I was the most disappointed there. And then, I mean... 
like you said, you know, the first half, it, it was pretty close. I mean, the, the, there was no dominance, I think, between one team or the other. But after the second half started, things just went sour. And, and we just didn't really have that many opportunities. And they had their opportunity. And, of course, they took advantage of it, too. So I think it was a rough game. I mean, definitely, probably, I feel like one of the the more roughest games I've ever seen this season. Uh, I mean, I thought they, they had well, a, I had a few. Yeah. But I, I feel like the, out of the other three and, you know, we, we've seen <laughs> the first two were, were games that, you know, we were winning and then we just uh, were, were tied towards the end. But I feel like this game was worse than that. Like this game, they didn't even have a lot of opportunities. Uh, we didn't capitalize on any of the opportunities. There were no goals. And, and I feel like you, you could really sense the fact that there was nothing, you know? And I think the other games, at least, we had the goals going on. The players were motivated. Uh, and sadly, you know, they were tied towards the end. But in this opportunity, I think the, the players uh, came across a situation that they hadn't been exposed to before. I mean, they had never gotten a goal scored uh, towards the end of a game and then been down one with just, I mean, 15, 20 minutes left in a match and and whatnot. And, and I think that really hurt the team. You know, they, they weren't really sure on how to respond to that. And it just came out of nowhere. And and we saw them, you know, they they, they weren't able to to provide that. And, and so I think there's definitely a lot of takeaways from this match. But... I think that they need to make sure that they're more focused than upcoming games and that similar mistakes are made, uh, that they just, you know, really learn that. Like, you might play against a team that might seem weaker and based on the fact that they don't have uh, some of their starter players, but they need to play much better. You know, they, they need to take advantage of opportunities that they have and, and uh, you know, leave it up to our uh, goalkeeper, which I do have to say... Uh, Granny did have a much better game. If there's one player that I would probably consider our player of the match, definitely have to be Grinny. I, I know second half he had a really good block, and that could have already been two 0 That could have been you know the 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 first of the match, and another game um, goal would have been the second. So yeah, I mean it's it was disappointing. I mean, and especially it was your birthday too, and yeah. sadly they couldn't give you a win or man, even at least a tie. Well, so if we if we look at this match, right, it's a 90-minute match. And for the most part, it was the only difference was that goal. They were back and forth for, for the 90 minutes. You know, everybody had their chances. But as has been the case for most of the season so far, and even even Mark has made made note of this, they're not converting their chances. And they had multiple chances to go ahead in this game. Um, we saw the same lineup for the first time, uh, consistently this season. Uh, we had a different lineup, very, the first game, second game, different lineup, third game, different lineup, but this was the same as the third. Uh, so you had Sargis and, and Tomas in the, in the center of defense. You had Formella up front with, uh, Bijev and, uh, Werner. You had Skundrich, Villarreal and Roro in the midfield, and then playing on those, uh, those wing back positions. You had uh, Jordan and Ash. So I think the key part of this game was just before halftime. If we look back and we, we go to the 42nd, 43rd minute, Sargis um, almost scores. Uh, Romero, the goalkeeper, had an awesome match. He was, he was on fire all game for Los Dos, keeping them in the game. Made a save there. Um, and the game was essentially you know scoreless going into the break it goes back to coach talk about you have to finish what you start, right? So you come in and, and you need to, you need to complete the, the, the pace. You got to finish what you start. You got to finish the goals. You know, Formella had a, a breakaway and he hit it wide. He had Romero beat and he still hit it wide. All of these little things, right? So um, there was another chance that Formella had, he was actually, you know, peppering the goalkeeper for most of the night. He had a lot of opportunities, a lot of chances, uh, but we go to the break, nil-nil. And that's when things get dangerous, right? When you, when you let a team have confidence that they can stay in and, and hold their own and, 
make those stops, they, they get a little bit of confidence. And that is exactly what had happened with LA. They saw, okay, they haven't scored yet. We can play with these guys. They, their average age on that squad is 21. So they're one of the younger teams. Um, second half, Owasa, Belmar come on to, to potentially create something and it didn't work. And then um, we go in the 68th minute, Greenwich comes out. He collides with, uh, with an attacker, comes up worse, right? Has to get some treatment and we continue. But then a few minutes later, Tomas has a terrible clearance. Can't get the ball out. It pops back up in the 72nd minute after a free kick. And, uh, you know, LA, Los Dos takes the lead. And that's where it stands. 72nd minute, 1-0. Uh, Andrew comes on and Villarreal trying to chase the game. But it just wasn't the same, man. It was almost as though Los Dos's kids, once they scored, they, they knew what to do. And they played savvy and they played hard. So here we are. We're, we're now at a loss um, with a win and two draws in a game that we should have won. It's just, there's no excuse here. It goes back to finishing. Coach said it, you know, right before the Reno match that you got to show up, you got to get routine, you got to, you practice like you play. And hopefully we see a team, you know, that comes out. I did want to ask Seth, you know, his, his thought on what the scoreline would be, but, you know, I don't want to hear anything about Orange County potentially winning. So, um, yeah, you know, it's a non-group game again against, uh, a team that has a lot of confidence in Orange County. Um, we've had some wonderful games. And being that they're unbeaten, it'd be nice to, to, to take away and give them their first L uh, this season. So we'll see what happens. And as much as I want to see Seth succeed, I want to take away a win. That's plain and simple. Yeah. And I think going back to, to that goal, you know, that Los Dos scores, a uh, big mistake from Tomas. I mean, you can't just slight tackle like that and just leave the ball there hanging too. Uh, uh, I know we, we were talking about it during the game too, but he he should have he should have just cleared it out, gave him a corner kick too. You know, if like that's that's all you can do too. Uh, I think as a defender, there's one thing that you can do and or you can never do, and that's just slide and just leave the ball hanging there, especially when you see that there are two opposing players right there. You do not have another teammate. There was nobody else who could help him finish that clear. And so we saw that happen. And, of course, I mean, the, those, those players, uh, there was a high likelihood they would actually score. Had they missed that, it probably would have been number one and not top ten on ESPN. Um, but it, it was a really clear shot for the player and, of course, took advantage of it. And they, they went up 1-0 too. But when I saw that, I, I just – I couldn't believe he would clear it that way. I just yeah. just don't know why he didn't think of doing anything else but just leaving it there. Like Grimwiz was not able to get it. Two players were there. They were I mean, they were focused on the ball. They saw it and they took advantage of that opportunity as well. So it it was really unfortunate and and I think he was having a pretty good run in the last two games too and and I had actually talked good stuff about him and the, the leadership, you know, that he was uh, showing, especially uh, as he corrected uh, Sarges in that play uh, last time. But you do make mistakes too. And, and I think, I hope he really learns a lot from, from that play because that play, you know, took away our opportunity to at least pull a point out of this because had that not happened, I think we would have seen the game tie. Or who knows, you know, maybe uh, with the subs that the coach did, maybe we would have had a shot at winning. Maybe, you know, things could have been different too, but I feel that after they score that goal, the team just falls back down. Like they just didn't really know how to respond to that. And it took them out of surprise. Like I think everyone, and I'm sure probably even the Los Dos team, everyone was probably thinking, oh, it's probably going to end in a tie. It's probably going to be a nil-nil because the game was that close. But this happens and the team just, I think, disappeared. I, I, I did not see the team... Uh, play as they did in, in the first half or even have really any clear opportunities after that. And and so I think that's something that they really need to learn from this game is that you are going to have probably other games where you are going to go down the last 20 minutes, 15 minutes of a match, 
but you need to learn how to like recover from that and how to make sure that your team is still pressing is still playing the same way because these things happen and we've seen them happen in like playoffs and past years and whatnot and you have to be ready for those moments because when you have a game that is so close that you don't know who's going to score these things happen and so you need to make sure that you know how to respond to them so hopefully again they they can uh, learn a lot from this game and I'm sure coach has a lot of key takeaways I think from from this match I will say this. I, I'm concerned about our inability to score on the run of play. I, 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 I'm sorry. I mean, we, we scored a PK late against Reno. Okay, that's great. 90th minute. You got to score in the first half. You got to score often. You got to score early. And you got to put them away. And, and we're not doing that. We're, we're not creating. We're not finishing the chances that we're creating. Midfielders are doing a really good job to get us to a position to do well. We're just not we're not finishing from the run of play. And if we don't start seeing goals soon, th- there's there's definitely some things that, that will be discussed. Um, you know, it's too early for hot seats and, and must win games, apparently, from what I've heard from people. But if you can't score, that's when people start to question what's going on in that organization. And if we can't start getting goals here soon, um, it's gonna be hard. And we have the talent. We we have the ability. Is it a, is it the formula of success with a different lineup? Possibly. You know, Michael said, "Oh, we got to start Awasa." Okay, you start Awasa. You, you need to make sure he's scoring goals. And we have we we need to see that. I, I haven't seen it. I saw a PK. And the chances going in again. Coaches talked about this is what they practice. This is what they're working on is, is finishing from the run of play, you know, skill buildup, right? Whatever it takes to, to finish. And, and we're just not there yet. So given that scenario, Wednesday provides an awesome opportunity for the, for the club, for the boys to come out, score a couple goals early, keep uh, Orange County on their back foot and hopefully uh, succeed. What are your thoughts on that, Luis? So, do we need to start scoring goals sooner rather than later? And are we going to have a problem if we, uh, if we can, can't score first half goals going forward? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as we keep talking about it each week too, and of course the end of the season keeps coming uh, uh, sooner rather than later because it's, it's a short season. Uh, we only have a couple of games and if they can't figure this out soon, it's going to hurt us. Uh, you know, let, let's, you know, let's all remember that this season there's group play, uh, top two teams from each group advance. And if you fall behind three, four games where you don't get a win, you could be really hurting and it's going to be a struggle to even get to that second spot uh, uh, by the end of the season too. So I think they need to figure this out soon because we look at the upcoming matches. I mean, Midweek, we play against Orange County. We just saw they beat uh, Phoenix Rising um, last night. They had a really good game. Uh, they, they tied against Phoenix Rising previously, too. So that says a lot. We know how strong Phoenix is, too. Uh, Saturday, we have to travel down to San Diego. Uh, San Diego is doing pretty good, too. They're first place currently in the group. And so that's going to be a tough matchup. And then following weekend, we play against the Timbers, too. Seems a little bit more of a of a decent uh, matchup for us too, but at the same time, that's the same thing we said about Tacoma. And then, look, they were able to to pull a tie uh, from us too, even though we were uh, up, winning most of the game too. So, I think they they need to figure it out soon because you know we we are going to be playing against teams that are definitely showing to uh, are showing a good uh, gameplay, and so. It it is a bit concerning, I think, uh, looking back at, at our first uh, three games because, you know, the the game against Tacoma, yes, we saw Formella actually have uh, scored two goals. Uh, but other than that, if we look at the rest of the forwards, like yes, it's true, Awasa scored, but it was a penalty kick, and so it is concerning to see that your forwards aren't really uh, able to score, and we've seen them have countless opportunities, so. 
it's not so much that we have a problem in the sense that we don't generate opportunities. We just have a problem in finishing those opportunities. And so I think coach will have to really put a big emphasis on that too. And, and I know he briefly mentioned that as well. And so it's, it's a really critical thing and he, that needs to get fixed soon because again, we have a, um, upcoming two matches that are really tough against true against teams that aren't in our group. But if you don't pull a win out of one of these two matches, then we're really going to start falling behind in our group. And again, as we know on our group, uh, Tacoma Defiance uh, has a pretty good team because they were able to, to tie against us at home. Uh, Reno is probably going to be doing good too. We, I mean, we only saw them against us, but again, it was a team that hadn't been playing since March, but they still uh, were close to tying against us too. So it's going to be tough and, and they need to, they need to get the three points here soon because you need to make sure that you get as much points as you can so you don't fall behind uh, in this uh, super uh, short season too. So we'll see what happens. Um, but again, he's going to have the two, in my opinion, probably the two toughest matchups in this uh, short season because I think both Orange County and San Diego are probably better than the teams that we see in our group. So it's unfortunate that this loss comes at this point when you have these two uh, tough uh, opponents too. But at the same time, if we manage to pull a win out of one of these games, then I think that's going to be really motivational for the team. And that might give us more hope that we will be able to do better against uh, all of the teams on our group as well. So uh, looking at it from that perspective, uh, they can also take some motivation. And if, if they get to at least three points uh, out of these uh, two upcoming games. Yeah. We said the same thing about Reno thinking that Reno was going to be kind of that, that rallying cry. Right. But again, it goes back to the shots. So against Reno, they took 22 shots. The Republic did seven of which were on target that included block shots. This last game against Los Angeles, again, 20 shots, five of them on target. So you, you, they've got to start putting it together because to be honest, it, there, there's definitely a shortage of, of finishing. You're, you're creating or you have 20 shots, only five of them are on target. You, I don't know. It's, it's disappointing, and I'm, I'm getting concerned because I want the team to do well. I want the team to be successful. But what is that going to look like? How do they go from here? You know, they said 12 shots, um, 20, 20, 12 shots in the first half, eight in the second half. For 20 total, that was including blocks. Three on target in the first half, two on target in the second. You got to start putting the, putting the ball on frame. If you're taking 20 shots a game, you got to make that 20 count, right? And, and we've seen that over and over again. They're creating the chances to score by the, the number of shots we're seeing, whether they're blocked or not. You're still creating those opportunities. You have five on target. You need to do a better job of that. So going forward, I think that's going to be kind of the the – the momentum that's going to be keys to games scoring early, scoring often, keeping the shots on target, making sure you're, you're making the keeper extend themselves, right. Pushing, right. Pushing left, keeping them on their toes, get them worn out. So if you're going to pepper them, pepper them the right way. So this game uh, Wednesday is going to take place at Papa Murphy's 8 PM on my 58 um, Estrella TV here in Sacramento and ESPN Plus, so you can check that game out um, 8 p.m. Wednesday. Yeah, and I, I wanted to go back to, to what you were saying earlier about Michael uh, saying that maybe Owasa should, should get a, a spot in the starting 11, and as much as, you know, I've been a fan of Owasa, he, again, he's our top goal scorer, and, and it would be amazing you know, to see him go back and, and form. He hasn't really done that much. I think to to earn that starting eleven, like true, he scored in that penalty kick, but it was a penalty kick and and whatnot. And and I think to me, it's it's a bit disappointing, you know, to see that he hasn't been the same Iwasa we've seen in the past season, in the past season or two. And I'm not sure what's what's wrong with him too. And and I would personally keep putting a Formella. He's shown, again, the first game he scored two goals. 
this past game uh, towards the end of the first half, he had a really good opportunity. Um, goalkeeper was able to to uh, block it off, but I mean, it's it's sad. It's sad to to not see him uh, up there because uh, you know, again, he was previously a team captain, and now he he lost that captain armband. But yeah, man, I I thought I saw a different Iwasa previously, and he's just not in form, I think yet. And hopefully, he gets in that form soon. But other than that, I think he's he's gonna be benched until. So he manages to, to change that, right? This will be the unpopular opinion and topic, but, you know, was is there a bigger issue going on, right, with Awasa? Is there something that we don't know? I mean, again, we went to quarantine before, before COVID. He was the captain. During this time, he's lost the armband. He's now lost his starting position. Is there something more involved? Is coach trying to get him back into the game, mentally before physically um you know and i don't know i'm not a doctor i'm just somebody who sits behind a mic and knows the game but is there something else that's is there a deeper issue going on that needs to be addressed for cam uh to get him back to where he's been you know in the past even up to last season towards the end there has to be something that he that he needs just to get him on the right foot. We thought that goal against Reno was going to do it, but yet he was still on the bench. And I will say this. I don't think Formella is your answer right now. I don't think he is. He, he had multiple opportunities. He's, he's missed more opportunities than, than I think you, you can give credit for. I think it's time to switch it up. If, you, if you've used Cam and you weren't happy with the way Cam was going, and you've used Formella and you weren't happy with the way he was going, I think it's time to go to Carlton. I think it's time for Belmar and use his pace he brings a whole different element he's a speed guy he likes to work off those last defenders we're going to probably see a few more offsides if he if he does get the nod in the start but he can also use his speed he has the ball control he likes having his he's working on his back to goal and distributing and making those turns for for you know wall passes or one twos i'd like to see belmar get an opportunity against orange county and i think it's a it's a chance for sacramento to, to get it right and potentially get more chances uh, that go in the net. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'd still keep a, uh, uh, I still keep for too, just because uh, like you were saying, you know, he has had those opportunities too. And, and I think uh, something good for him is that at least he's had those opportunities, but even with, you know, Belmar as well too. I mean, he, I haven't seen that much of him too. I mean, granted he has come off, from the bench as well. And it's not like, you know, that he's had as much um, playing time. Uh, but, you know, if, if we go back, uh, which again, it was, of course it was a different match and whatnot, but looking back at that friendly game, you know, that we went to uh preseason or I should say the first preseason of the year against the Real Monarchs. He came from the bench, solved the game, uh, uh, was able to, to give us the win during that, that game that we were losing. And, and so, I, I think maybe coming off the bench might might work for him right now too. Uh, but I personally think that he coach should probably keep the same formation that he you know first uh, put up uh, in the first game against Tacoma, uh, and and just you know see if any of the bench players manage to to win a spot in the starting eleven. Which uh, one of those other players that I I thought. We would see more from him too if they gave him a starting eleven role, and he has been in starting eleven for the past two games. Is uh, Sam Werner? Uh, I haven't really seen that much from him too, and and it's it's been kind of sad because uh, I I I was kind of expecting to see the same Sam, you know, that we saw uh, in previous seasons too. But he he seems like I don't know, like I feel like the 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 whole time being out of play has really hit him too, and 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 so. Similar situation there with uh, Cameron, too. So it's, I don't know, I think it makes you think, too, if maybe now we're seeing those effects of, of going without play for so long and not having the actual preseason in place to be able to to prep for, for this, uh, I guess, mini season, you could call it, too, uh, and how much it's probably affecting the players. Uh, some more than others, too. But at the same time, maybe it also depends on 
what were they doing during this whole whole quarantine? Like, were they, how much were they practicing, or what? What? How did those uh, practicing drills look like on their own? Because I think it was really key and really critical to make sure that you had a team that constantly kept active, which I know the players were, but maybe we should have asked uh, uh, said what, what what they were doing too. But I'm noticing that some teams are playing much better than others, and I feel like they're. It probably has something to do with the the preseason uh, practice drills that they were doing uh, ever since the, the pandemic started, you know, because they, they were out of play for four months. So if you actually maybe had a different workout plan or if maybe there were other things in place, then maybe your team might be a little more fit than others that didn't do as much or maybe did a different plan. Uh, that's, that's what I would probably imagine. And that's maybe why we see differences because again, teams didn't have that preseason where we would normally see players uh, getting tested, uh, trying to win a spot in that starting 11. And so it's, it's just been all jumbled. And I feel like, you know, again, we should have probably seen like three uh, preseason matches. Uh, one could argue that maybe USL should have let teams actually do uh, a little mini preseason too, maybe just drop in like two games for two weeks and then adjust the schedule accordingly because now we're seeing the effects of that. And and I think preseason is really critical to establish that starting 11. But now, sadly, I mean, they, they've had to use, I guess, the first uh, three games as a preseason, which is how I've seen, I think, these first three matchups that we've had. I don't know what you think, if you think the same. I think for me, the main thing is it's very inconsistent. We're not seeing the same team. You know, they were very physical against Reno. They were very midfield oriented first half against Tacoma, second half breakdown. Uh, this match, and in each of the matches, the second half, you couldn't finish. You couldn't finish against Reno. Now you get those uh, dose, you can't finish there as well. And you walk away with a 1 0 loss. So, you're either going to win 1-0 or you're going to lose 1-0. I would like to see the team have, have more uh, finish their opportunities, make the most of their chances, get some balls into the back of the net. If not on the back of the net, make the keeper you know, save, parry away, um, and, and put the ball back into space. So we'll see. It, it's, you know, it is almost like they're playing preseason. They've gotten three games under their belt now. So going forward – you know, that's your three preseason games and you need to, to go forward. You need to walk away with a, with your head high after this game Wednesday, hopefully with a win and, you know, use that as a stepping stone for better performances uh, as we go game by game, little by little, each game you pick up three points, three points, three points, and it adds up. So I, I hope we can see the team walk away three, one, Four two, something that you know shows that they're they're back. Less shots on goal that are off target, more shots on target with more goals. Yeah, I mean, I'll be happy with the one nil, <laughs> and and I know I've said it before too, but but I think man, it's almost like baby steps. I think with the team too, and and even just getting a one nil win that is not necessarily a win with a penalty kick though. I, I would add that too but basically a win that just uh, shows us that they were superior, even if, you know, maybe it, maybe it's not a 3-4 nil. It could just be a 1-0 win, but they had more opportunities, and then just the Orange County goalkeeper just blocked them all. But one of one of them, he wasn't able to, and we, we take the, the win 1-0. But I just want really a victory that just shows that our team was superior, we had more opportunities, that goalkeeper was just that good. He just blocked all of them, and, and we were able to at least score one. So that's the way I see it. That's the, the kind of scoreline I want to see right now. Of course, anything more than that is, is amazing too. But I think coming um, after a loss, I think it's important to get a win, no matter uh, what the result is, whether it's 1-0 or, or 3-0. And, and that's, that's the most important thing. And hopefully whoever scores that goal is one of our forwards because they really need that confidence and, and them and, and knowing that they have the talent. We know they have the talent. We, you know, 
Formella, Iwasa, Belmar, we've seen them score amazing goals before. And so they have it in them, you know, we have a good team. Again, they just need to capitalize on, on all those missed opportunities. Well, we'll see again this Wednesday, 8 PM, my 58 Estrella, Sacramento and ESPN plus Republic versus Orange County live from PMP on Wednesday, the 29th. So if you haven't tuned in, make sure you do so. And then also stay posted with our Twitter uh, account. We may have something in the works for a watch party uh, this Saturday as the uh, Republic travel down to San Diego to play the loyal. And uh, again, stay, stay tuned. There might be something uh, with one of our partners uh, on location Saturday, August 1st against the loyal. Yeah, it should be an interesting one too. I did want to say for like this game, uh, they're playing at 8 p.m. before games are at 7.30. Uh, weather should be much better because they're going to be less time out in the heat, 30 minutes uh, less out. So hopefully that helps. Hopefully that that is something that uh, they can use to, to their advantage that they're going to be playing in a much better uh, climate. And let's, let's see how everything goes and hope for the best. And, and again, it's a home game. Uh, we can't let points slide uh, as we did, you know, with those first two uh, games that, that we uh, were tied on to. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but it is going to be a, a tough game and they need to be a hundred percent because if we're not a hundred percent, Orange County is going to take advantage of the opportunities that they get. And just as, as uh, we saw last night in the, their 1-0 win, they are going to score the opportunities they get, which, by the way, they had a, a really good uh, goal that they scored last night too. Uh, so if you guys haven't seen that goal, check it out. It was really nice. And, and it just goes to show that anytime they get an opportunity to shoot from far, they're going to shoot and they have their – shots on target unlike uh, some of our past couple games so it's it's something to to keep an eye out for don't forget to check out our partner the california storm who's now sponsored by puma you can check them out at calstormsoccer.com instagram and twitter at calstormsoccer and on facebook the california storm so check them out today on any of those social media platforms or again calstormsoccer Com. Also, um, check out our website, sacktownfc.com. We put up all of our uh, Sacktown FC podcast episodes on there. Uh, we also have our soccer pool section where uh, today's guest, uh, Seth uh, and Becca, write on it too. Uh, they, they've been writing about the NWSL Challenge Cup, uh, which actually just ended today with the Houston Dash uh, victory 2-0, just as a uh, I think, John, you predicted a win. I don't remember if it was a 2-0 win, but I remember I said you... said 2-1. I said 2-1 Houston scoring late, which they did, but they didn't concede. So I'll, I'll take that. Okay. So it, it, it was a good win there, too. A pretty good game. Uh, I, I saw it. It was a re- really close, I think, uh, in the first half. But you guys could check out the, their section there, too. They, they will be writing about other uh, news in the soccer world as well. So please check that out on our website. You guys could also find out more information about our supporters group, also known as the Squadron, where you guys can look at all the amazing perks that we do have to offer to anyone interested in joining that supporters group. Uh, some of the perks that you can get from joining that are uh, behind the scenes access to our podcast. So you can actually see us recording our uh, weekly podcast. You guys could uh, see us recording our interviews. Uh, you can get a shout out from one of uh, our interviewees as well. So if you uh, want to be behind the scenes here in the podcast uh, and check out these amazing perks, uh, they they are really uh, great too. And they, they really put you uh, as basically a part of the team. I mean, you, you get to see how, how it all happens and, and you get to also possibly ask a question of your own too, if you want to ask it live uh, and, and we'll, we'll feature you here on, on the podcast. So, Please check that out. It's on our website, or you guys could go directly on Patreon. Uh, you guys could find it under patreon.com slash sacktownfc. Um, so please check it out. Uh, it starts at $3 a month. So 
pretty pretty cheap too and and it, and it really helps us out a lot because we we do have a, a lot of costs that we do incur with the podcast and also with our uh, network uh, shows that we have on Facebook and Twitter. So th- thank you very much to everyone who has helped us out. So that's all we have for today's episode. A special thanks to this community of awesome people for taking the time to join us each and every week. And a shout out to Seth Casipley from Orange County Soccer Club uh, for joining us as well. We started this as a hobby with the goal to give people more coverage and found ourselves growing to talk about everything in soccer. We couldn't have done it without the amazing support from each and every one of you. And to that, we say thank you and cheers. And until next time, good night. Thank you, everyone. Have a great night.